0: At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful, nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.
1: Hi, this is Daniel Ruve, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I'm taking the Phoenix Suns over the LA Clippers in their game six on Wednesday if necessary. BetOnline has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit betonline.net today. And now, <laughs> this is truly the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, please, no. It's time! Introducing, fighting out of Brownsville, New York, USA, presenting the heavyweight, undisputed champion of the world, Iron Mike oh, shit. Tyson! <laughs> hey, don't <get> no <laughs>
0: Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. I'm your boy, Zab Judah, and I'm here with... Mike
2: Tyson, and we have a special guest today. I mean a guest that's so special. Man, Bruce Buffer. Bruce, talk to the people.
3: Oh, Mike, thank you. Talk you know, to just an introduction by you being uh, special, and it's really special for me, brother.
2: No, listen, um, you have such a... Um, such an interesting life, you know, meeting your brother, Michael. Yeah. And your guys happen to be doing the same stuff, and you too. You know, you guys are both on top of your game. Yeah. How does that feel?
3: You know, it's amazing because um, back in the 80s, you know, when you were lighting up the ring and cover of Sports Illustrated and I'm following you like there's no tomorrow and all the other great boxers of the era because that was – the, one of the greatest errors in boxing. That was really amazing. No no, no. Uh, it was really magical. That. That's the
2: magical.
3: Magical. Every week we saw the best fight the best, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge boxing fan. Um, my dad was teaching me boxing as a kid, right out of the womb. We're watching boxing on Saturdays, you know, wide world of sports. And it was boxing every week, boxing, boxing, boxing. Out comes this man, very handsome, debonair, James Bond looking, dressed to the nines, brought a whole new flair to the world of announcing. And I became a huge fan, but I had an issue because every time he came out and they flashed his name on the screen, it said Michael Buffer. I used to own telemarketing companies in my 20s, right? And this was before the internet. And like we all did back then, when you're in another town, you look in the phone book, you see if there's a Tyson, you see if there's a Buffer or whatever. I never saw my last name in a phone book in any city in the United States. And here's this man, you know, Michael Buffer, and I'm like, wow, what's going on? I started getting this weird feeling in my stomach. So I'm calling Don King's offices. Bob Arum, I'm trying to get a little more information on the man, and um, about six months pass, and people are coming up to me, he's getting more popular, and say, hey, is that your brother, Michael Buffer, the guy that goes, let's get ready to rumble, and I'm like, no, my brother's Brian, who I grew up with my whole life. So long story cut short, my dad and I are taking a road trip up to San Francisco one day, and I'm like, dad, and I'm telling the same thing I'm telling you, people are coming up to me, it's almost daily now, because boxing is the water cooler conversation on a Monday after the weekend fights, and I said, Dad, do you have any idea who this is? And I got this, Mike. I think that's your brother. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, father the hell of a dude. Huh? I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like 29 running. years old. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he said, well, son, I never told you. I, and He never told me. He was married briefly um, when he was around 20. Uh, it was during World War II. Uh, he was called overseas to do his part in the war. He came back. Um, a child was born. A divorce ensued. And... Um, the last time he saw the child, I think, was when he was two and a half years old. And, you know, it's one of those stories that happens, right? And so, lo and behold, uh, Michael was raised by foster parents. I know he explained that to you when he was on his, yeah. your podcast before, um, under the name of Huber. And when he went in the Army at around 20 during the Vietnam era, uh, they said, your birth certificate says, you're Michael Buffer. You're not Michael Huber, right? And he had great, great parents that raised him. And he, they stabbed him. It's like, you're Michael Buffer. And had that not happened... We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now. Wow. So that's one of those forks in the road that happens in life. So he was doing a, an event out here at a small venue uh, that the Goosens used to put their fights on in the valley that's no longer around. And I, my brother Brian and I were watching the fights with him that night, and we said, Dad, why don't you call, leave a message, see if he'll call you back. So my dad did. Michael called back. They got together for lunch. Turned out to be his, his son, mm. right? Now I'm like, Again, I might not have this age exactly correct, but I'm like 29, Michael's in the area of 43. There's a 13 year difference. And uh, with that being said, we got together for dinner as a family after they had that lunch. They got along very, very well. And in walks, I'll never forget this night, in walks Michael looking as amazing as he always looks. I'm a huge (laughs) fan. And like, okay, I'm a fan, but now this is my blood. This is my half brother walking in. I, I can't even begin to tell you what that felt like. And we got along great. We all got along great. And from then on, with the companies I owned, I had two companies, you know, successful, making the money, Beach House, living the life, the whole bit. But I was traveling, and I would go to Vegas. I would go to New York. I would, I would stop in to see the fights. Michael and I would have dinner. We'd go out together. 1992, a Vander Holyfield Riddick Bow won at the Thomas & Max sold out. So I'm in the audience and I'm watching everybody going crazy when Michael's doing Let's Get Ready to Rumble. I mean, you've got Nicholson jumping up and Hulk Hogan going nuts and everybody's just going nuts, right? And this light bulb went off in my head because I've been a marketer and a brander, you know, a businessman before I'm an announcer my whole life, owning a number of different companies. I went back to my room that night, instead of going out and partying and playing blackjack and all the stuff we love to do when we're in Vegas, and I sat down and I couldn't stop, Mike. I just kept writing like three pages of notes like trademark this five words properly you know protect it uh keep the boxing ring as its base like the hbo boxing ring especially branch them out put them in every form of sports and entertainment there is movies ready to rumble tv shows thinking video games toys you know thinking all the stuff that can be done and i just couldn't stop it's like i'm just sitting there and i'm just going like this so i contacted michael again long story cut short i basically in so many words said michael i I wanna make you richer and more famous than you ever dreamed, hopefully myself in the process. I'm willing to sell my two companies, I'm burned out, I'm not passionate about what I do anymore because I live my life on passion. Everything I do, I do with passion, right? And I had this passionate moment thinking what I could do with him as his partner, and I said, "Let's." the best thing to do here is I wanna become your manager, right? And I also wanna become your partner because not only do I wanna help you get in every form of sports and entertainment, take these five words, put it on the tip of everybody's tongue, make it part of American culture. Mm -hmm. I called it the uh, clarion call to the pure integrity of the competitive spirit. That was my term for let's get ready to rumble. Like, do-do-do-do. You know, every time you hear it, it's like, Mm -hmm. we got to go out and do our Mm -hmm. thing, right? And Michael in so many words said, well, how are you going to do it? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if I'm going to give all this up, you better believe I'm going to make this happen. Lo and behold, uh, became his manager, became partners, started working it due to his brilliant ability to perform and do everything he does so well. I mean, let's face it, he's legendary, the greatest announcer of all time, right? There's no question. And I say that with complete respect and love for my brother. And um, it just went on and it caught on and everything started catching. And the first product I have, I would go to trade shows, you know, around the country and I would make, I go to Kinko's and make these promo kits. They cost me $15 a kit back then because, you know, everything was different back then. And I'd stock up on them, and I'd walk the floors, and I'd shake hands and take names, and I'd see products that would be great with Let's Get Ready to Rumble on it, and I'd pitch to people on it. And I was just an animal. I'd go to the boxing events, and I'm shaking hands and taking names and making appearance deals for him any way I can, and things that come across Michael's desk he's handing me to take care of for him. And it just started building. And within a year, our first product was a talking keychain. Right? It was a boxing glove. And when you press the button, of course, it, Let's Get Ready to right. Rumble came out of it, right? And there was also a mug, you know, that had like a football on it, you know, for football. And you watch football and you press the button and drink it. It said, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. That was our first two products. Mm-hmm. And then it just started taking off. And our big hit was the Ready to Rumble Boxing video game. Mm-hmm. If you ever played video games, it came out on the yeah, Dreamcast.
0: A, yeah, yeah.
3: And when we came out with the Ready to Rumble Boxing video game, in the first 24 hours, along with nine other games that were released with the Dreamcast system, mm-hmm. Uh, combined, it did like $97.1 million in sales in 24 hours, right? Which has been surpassed since then by Call yeah. of Duty and all that. But it was either Variety or it's Hollywood Phenomenal. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah,
2: phenomenal and yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, exactly. And we're just, you know, it's like we're, we're making entertainment and sports history here as we go along. And it just started feeding my fire, you know, and I just kept going. And I sold the two companies. I quit with the money I had in the bank because sometimes you just got to go for it, right? Which you know better than anybody and you know better than anybody. Mm-hmm. it's taking what i call the puncher's chance so we went for it and it's just all worked out beautifully mm-hmm. michael and i we get along great teamwork. um work it's, it's teamwork it's total uh, teamwork he does what he does i'm the man behind the man behind the rumble you so know you, yeah, the yeah. sheriff of the rumble the man behind the rumble but michael's the talent it's michael's he did it he created it and it's just a beautiful story something that we both the take great pride in the, in. the business and the brains
0: Pardon me. Say, say, say the business and
3: the brains. Take a business and a brand. Yeah. You know, it's just I saw it. I realized where it could go, and I just wanted to put everything I could into it mm-hmm. to do what I told him I was going to do, which make him richer and more famous than he ever dreamed. Wow. And I wanted to announce boxing back then. I said I'd love to be an announcer, and we discussed it. It's a confliction of interests, right? That that I did announce some boxing. I I announced undercards with Michael. You doing back in just fine where you are right now? Yeah, <laughs> UFC. Fine. Yes. you're doing yeah. Just fine. UFC. Well, when the UFC yeah. came along. Mike in 93. I've been in martial arts since I was 12, mm-hmm. right? I've got three black belts in various styles. I've studied different styles. I boxed a lot, I did Which
0: styles that. are you, which styles?
3: Taekwondo. I'm a second degree black belt. And I have a black belt in another hybrid style called Jiu Jitsu Do. Mm-hmm. But I don't pretend to be a black belt in Jujitsu. It's the French Savate um, uh, person that created the Jiu Do that had it. He would bring me in and I would teach his black belts in Jujitsu. I would teach him striking. Right. Because mm-hmm. ground fighters don't always adapt well to striking mm-hmm. where I think strikers can adapt better to ground fighting when mm-hmm. you teach them, I just something I've observed. So I would work with his black belts, spar with them, you know, give them striking techniques and all to back up their jits. And like eight months into it, he presented me with a black belt. So mm-hmm. I got an honorary black belt, but nice. I don't consider myself a black belt in jujitsu. Yeah, okay, okay. So I'll go with all the. You others.
0: know what? I like that because I think I got something similar to that. You know, my father's a ninth degree black belt in Shotokan. His Khan, father, oh, in he, yeah. Sure. A,
2: his father, he's just interesting. Guy. he really did, <laughs> is he? Him and yeah, his crew back there really did this stuff.
3: Yeah, really my father. Was- how interesting he is! He had to come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pop,
0: ticket to a, a you know a high level. And I was looking at it. I said, you know, you was in. What is it called? T-
3: Tangsudo. Tang it's Sudo. Korean. It's actually Chuck Norris's original Korean art mm-hmm. that he started studying in the Air Force. And I grew up in Philadelphia, um, and I moved to Malibu when I was 15. My dad ran Fortune 500 companies, and uh, we eventually moved out to Malibu. And when I went out to Malibu, I met Chuck Norris's fighting partners, Bobby Burbich and Pat Johnson, and uh, a couple of his black belts who were my best friends in high school. And all we did was we surf, we trained, and we fought. You know, wow. surfed every day, trained. Who more, got the best
0: here. of who? Pardon me? Who got the best of who?
3: We both had our fair hey, shoes. Right, everybody, is it, is you, it, even, you know what it's like, Zach. Yeah, it's yeah, a good take, right? Well, people don't
2: know. Bruce Lee introduced um, martial arts to the hood. Mm. When he like, in the 60s, he was in the hood, teaching people in the hood to come They didn't want him to.
3: But he was teaching everybody to come especially the people, black people in the hood. Yeah, Bruce Lee was out here teaching a lot of people. And I, when I moved to Malibu, one of my best friends was Steve McQueen's son, mm-hmm. Chad McQueen. Yeah, Steve McQueen trained with Bruce, too. Steve McQueen trained with Bruce. And Steve McQueen and I were really good friends the last six years of his life. And Bruce would come to his house. This was before I met him. And then Chuck would come to his house. And they would train, or he would go to Chuck's dojo. And Steve would get in there and mix it up. You know, he was. He was a bit of a badass himself mm. when he had to be. And I remember there's this plaque on his wall, which his son still has, that I would just love to have because I'm a big collector of sports and movie memorabilia. And it's the <laughs> signed certificate that Bruce Lee gave Steve McQueen of his graduation from Jeet Kune Do. And it's mm. a beautiful certificate. Signed by Bruce, signed by Steve. You can imagine what that's worth. Mm. Right? Big. Love to have that piece. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, if, if it wasn't for Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris... Maybe I wouldn't go as deep into martial arts as I did back then. For me, though. Yeah.
0: No,
2: like same thing. Same thing. That's what
0: same my dad said. Thing. My dad was a Bruce Lee fanatic. He total. Was, yeah. Total, absolutely. I think everybody was. Just walk around, tossing around your head. Listen. and walking around. Yeah. yeah. Listen, <laughs> I remember
2: we were little kids, we would be in the movie theater, right? And next time, we see guy in the front seat, he had some nice jewelry on the thing. they go, ooh,
1: ooh. We walk by, woo <laughs> wah, kick him right in the head <laughs> and
2: snatch him the watch. The jury ripped his pocket out.
3: How many times have you seen Enter the Dragon? Yes. Oh, so many times. Chuck so Norris seen Bolo. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You live. saw a picture of Bolo. He looks great. He's like 80-some yes, he years old. Looks, he looks wow. yeah. fantastic. He, does he? Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. You know,
3: when I watched Enter the Dragon, of course, one of the first things I did was I had to get a pair of noonchucks, and I can't tell you how many bumps <laughs> on the head I gave myself. Training to burst oh, movie. I always give myself, boo, oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Exactly. Wow. Trying to be Bruce in that famous scene. You know and then and then you know back in those days the martial arts movies that came out I mean you know what real fighting's like you know what real fighting's like and and it was depicted I think the UFC really made it clear what real martial arts street fighting you know can be like mm-hmm. or is like but you know it was Back in the early days of Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme, and, you know, I used to love all those movies, right? Right.
2: Yeah. You know, I'd be first in line to see those movies. See, Bruce Lee was a martial artist, but Bruce Lee was a street fighter. The street fighter. Yeah. Right. You know, he liked to fight for real. Yeah. Mm.
3: Wrong. <laughs> he liked to do it for real. Mm. Got to respect that because, you know, with all respect to the martial arts, but... There's a lot of people walking around with black belts on, but they've never been faced down. Never been hit. They've right. never been hit. <laughs> somebody was talking. Well, him been hit, but not yeah. in the street. It was a conversation. Right, I don't
2: right, know, right. it was a judo expert. And he was talking to Bruce Lee. And he was talking to Bruce Lee something to the effect, what will you do when grappling? And he said, I equate grappling to being on the floor. And I expect being on the floor being stomped. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, what do you mean being stomped? And he said, well, I'm fighting three or four guys. I'm not fighting one guy. And that just blew my mind. And he's talking about, no, I'm on the floor, I'm going to get stomped. And the other guy said, well, I'm grappling you. How are you going to get stomped? He said, well, no, I'm not going to let you grab me because I'm got. fighting three or four guys. Right. And it blew that guy's mind. He thought it was just going to be him and Bruce going at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said,
3: no, I'm fighting three or four guys. Right. Well, you know, another, like Bruce Lee is, um, let's face it, he's one of the original mixed martial artists, mm-hmm. right? which was a term that wasn't even created till about six or seven years after the UFC was actually, or five years after the UFC came on the scene, mixed martial arts was a term that came in later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also another man, which I'm sure you're aware of, named Gene LaBelle, mm-hmm. who's one of the original mixed martial martial artists, one of the greatest grapplers ever, has been in a ton of movies. Um, there's just so much history. Joe Lewis, the guy named Joe Lewis, used to be out. Joe Lewis, hell. the kickboxer. And
2: then the super foot Bill Wallace, foot. Bill Wallace badass. badass. Mm. I used to watch those guys when I was
3: coming up. I used mm. to narrow myself after Bill Wallace. I mean, I just wanted my right leg to be. My right leg was pretty fast. He used pop, pop, that was pop Beautiful, pop, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Kick- you. you never
2: forget it, right? No, never forget it. Never forget, forget it. it.
1: All this month on Pluto TV, women take the lead in celebration of Women's History Month. Drop in for the best of female talent in film, TV, documentaries, comedy, and more. With big movies like Charlie's Angels, Last Holiday, and Pretty in Pink. Plus, shows like Inside Amy Schumer, Moesha, and Sister Sister. There's something for everyone.
3: One thing that changed my life is when I figured all the training that I had and the altercations I've dealt with in my life as we've all gone through, in 1991, um, a friend of mine, who director John Milius, who wrote uh, and directed Conan the Barbarian, was involved in writing Apocalypse Now, uh, directed it, and was involved in Red Dawn, you know, the original Red Dawn film. Mm-hmm. He called me one day and he said, you know, I know you train a lot, but why don't you come train some jiu-jitsu with me? I said, I've trained some jujitsu." He goes, well, you never trained Gracie jiu-jitsu. Mm, right? the gracie's. So he took me to a place in Torrance, which was the original Gracie Torrance gym, right? Dojo, and we go in, and it, out comes this skinny young kid, right? He goes, hi, my name is Hoyce. How are you? And he goes, come with me. So he takes me to one of their rooms. we all padded up, go in, closes the door. And he looks at me and says, I understand you do a lot of kickboxing. Let's go at it. Come at me. Take my head off, right? And I said, you want me to put on some gloves? He goes, no, just come at me, right? So we're alone. So I go at him. You know, I'm game. Pop, pop. Gets underneath my punches, takes me down on the ground. You know you waking up
2: shaking his hair. <laughs> <me up>. 45
3: <laughs> seconds later, he's got me in a side choke, and I'm going out, right? Man, he's man. like, tap, tap, tap. So I tap, and I never forget this. He gets up in the guard, he straightens out his gi, and he looks at me and says, see, isn't it nice not to get hit in the face, right? Mm. Wow. That just changed a lot of theories. But, you know, I knew mm. every street fight I, I was ever in, whether it was on the beach or on the street, it always went to the ground. At some point, he I always finds to. Start. This is also interesting. I know why I come on. Street fights don't last long. No, no they don't last long. No, no. they last a couple. They don't
2: last. Listen, a minute for a street fight belongs. A
0: minute?
3: Fight. Yeah. I think at twenty seconds, it's like helping. Yeah, me miss the no, win. Yeah. <laughs> A minute for a street fight. It's <laughs> a
0: minute. Them two guys with skills. Yeah, be guy got. They got some kind of skills to survive. Yeah, yeah, gotta be. they're so facing listen,
2: off in the I go 10-12 rounds in the ring. you starting to steam. They be taking breaks. Yeah,
0: yeah. fighting, jumping, grabbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you know, a lot,
3: man. That's we've all way. had our experiences. God knows you and you have had tons. Yeah. So, tell definitely. me, what 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 is?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, I watch tons of UFC fighters. What is one of some of your ultimate favorites to
3: watch? You know, it's it's a very hard question for me to answer mm-hmm. at times because I've announced every UFC fight basically since uh, started in '96. A thousand events and thousands of fights. So I'll give you an example of some, but George St. Pierre. Oh, you know, One of the greatest, mm. one of the mm. all-around role models of the sport in and out of the octagon, a gentleman class, mm. and just a supreme athlete and fighter. You'd give George St. Pierre a basketball, and he'll be yeah. in the NBA in 10 months. Well, you know I like?
2: See, some people say things, and I'm, I love Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes, Matt I mean, Hughes. just a wrestler personified,
3: a brute. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. Absolutely. One of underrated. The ones.
2: underrated, 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 underrated. Yeah. Ooh, he's a badass. He's a man. badass.
3: Quiet you know,
0: badass. What's my boy in Hawaii. DJ, um, DJ, oh,
2: He's very flair. Oh, oh. He, he brought a lot of flair to the um, UFC. He had heart yeah, heart like
3: like none. Other. Heart like none. He was other. like
0: Arturo Gatti. He was like the Arturo Gatti of boxing. Totally. BJ. You know, yeah. I, had the pleasure,
3: <laughs> I had the pleasure of knowing Arturo. I mean, God bless Arturo. Yeah. Um, but you know, BJ was doing street fighting. At like 13 and fighting 20 year old men bigger than him. I mean, we're talking not just the sport. We're talking like Kimbo Slice, you know, who was doing his backyard fights. I mean, BJ was game to do whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And he had the yeah. no reputation. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's a god in Hawaii. A god, yeah. You, he's my boy, man. You get back to like Chuck Liddell, right? Randy Couture, mm-hmm. the wars mm-hmm. that Randy mm-hmm. Couture
2: had. That was just really authentic. you stump stumping. we doing this. This
3: is going to last. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of the UFC is that when it started in '93, you know and it was Vito Buff, Richard he came on the scene. He the came Belfort. on the scene at uh, like 240 pounds. And you know, jacked up, and... fast as lightning. Oh yeah, fast as lightning, fast as lightning. Mm. His first fight, I get, the, I think I did was in Brazil in '97 or '98 against Wanderlei Silva. Oh, you can he won round that. Not- it Sova, yeah, it yeah. was like 20 seconds. Oh. He just came at him and just took him across the octagon, and he was he the monster. Vondelé had the Vondelé's Vondelé's legs. monster. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah total yeah. monster Not but right. you go back to those old days when we had very little rules you know guys fighting three times a night yeah the head butts yeah. all that type of stuff Me. it had to be changed for us to become a mainstream sport and for family had, television exactly mm. but we were mm. taken off tv you know back it was around um 98 or 97 we were taken off tv when when uh, senator mccain again bless senator mccain I'm, a big fan of his, but he came out and said we were human cockfighting and all that, and we were taken off in demand which we well had. that's
2: what it really was back then cause that's what they accepted in the East well, you know in that- the early days
3: they used to build like some in so many words like somebody's going to die, you know yeah. I don't think they really realized it when they started it when Horian and and Robert Meyer was back then. I think they were in it for like you know we're going to do three, four events, maybe they didn't think it was going to go as far as it went. But the whole thing changed, thanks to people like Big John McCarthy and others that worked on the rules and started applying the rules. But when we started going under a little bit, where we were the fastest growing pay-per-view on TV, Mm -hmm. and then when we were taken off in demand, losing a potential like 66 million potential pay-per-view buyers, and we were only on direct TV, and we went down to 16 million or so potential pay-per-view buyers. We were kept alive by the internet, and by the incredible fans of the UFC. Mixed Martial Arts UFC fans are the greatest fans in the world. They're so loyal, right? So we stayed strong, but the big change was when Dana White and the Fertitta brothers bought the UFC in 1999. That was a big change, because we were down to maybe 1,500 people in an arena. I remember doing a show in Louisiana, and there was a man who passed away since then named Kevin Randall. I'm a great fighter. Great fighter, wrestler, great fighter. (sighs) physique, everything um, came out. From and, Ohio. Yes, exactly. So I get in my IFB in my ear, I'm about to announce the main event. They said, Buff, you got to tell them there's not going to be a main event. I'm like, what? He mm-hmm. goes, Kevin slipped on a pole in the back and knocked himself out and there's going to be no main event. And I'm thinking, here come the cans and bottles of <laughs> time, right? So that was like one of the lowest points. And then when Dana White and the Fertitas bought it, um, I went to dinner with them after a boxing event in Vegas where Big John McCarthy and I were kept with the group and we had dinner and I could see the passion that Dana was talking with and Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta had for the sport. That was the turning point.
2: Mm -hmm. That was
3: the big turning point for the UFC. Mm -hmm. They had the money, they had the business acumen, and they took us to where we are today. Uh, Obviously, we've been bought out by WME, the biggest media company in the world. The UFC sold for $4.2 billion, the highest price ever paid for a sports franchise in the United States ever. Dana White goes hard, man. Dana I, White I like is, him. he go hard. The thing man. about Dana White, you know, I mean, he's my friend. I respect Dana. I've known him for many years. I love working for Dana. He's a maverick, you know. Yeah. There's mavericks in business. He's a maverick. He's a beautiful person. Yeah. I don't know what that maverick shit. Is. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful.
2: He's beautiful. He's a great, great guy. He's a great heart. Guy, He's a beautiful guy. But,
3: but look mm-hmm. at him, Mike. he he's and Zab. He's gone through the sale. Obviously, made a tremendous amount of money for it. Most people would kind of like walk away. His passion's still strong. He's banging it out every day. Yeah. He's out there doing everything and still taking us on the path that we're on. Greatest thing in the world. There's
2: right? no end to this. We seen the beginning, but we're never going to see the end of it. Fighting. I, know. You know, I mean, I'll be we'll gone go before the end. Yeah. It. <laughs> no doubt about it.
3: But it's it's you know what it is. I've got a first class seat on an amazing rocket ship that just keeps going uphill, and it's quite a ride, Mike. I've been at this, you know, 25 years. February 16th was my 25-year anniversary. Wow. Of the God. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Mike. Thank you very much. I appreciate oh, that. Big. Silver anniversary, but I'm not stopping. That's right. I've seen you in the audience going crazy at UFC fights. Yes. I've seen you having a blast at UFC oh, fights. I love you. And I'll be back. <laughs> I can't wait. You know, we're doing 15,000 people in Jacksonville, Florida in April. Oh. it will probably sell out. And... Um, which date is that? April what? April twenty uh, seventh, I think it is. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, twenty yeah, twenty seventh. Um, so that's going to be great. The fans are just going to start coming back to the show. <laughs> my right, baby. She's a tennis place. She's in the gym working out. Oh, look at that. That's a good exercise. She's only twelve. Right wow, twelve years old throwing Muay Thai knees. Yeah, she's a serious worker. Yeah, you're a proud father, aren't you? Um, oh, I'm so proud.
2: Yeah, well, I just don't want them to be like me if. Put their whole life in this. I
3: want to save a little for themselves. You'll show her. You'll teach her. And, uh, I'm sure you're doing a great job, Mike. Jab you have kids? Yes. Yeah, how many? Yep. I have uh, four
0: girls and four boys, and a set of twins. Oh, yeah, yeah twins? Really? Wow. Serious. But, yeah. I have five year old boys. I
3: always kid. I've never been married. I've almost been divorced twice. I always say that. But mm-hmm. uh, I've helped raise two boys, uh, my partner, Kristen. Um, I'm godfather to one since, you know, since they were born. It's been one of the greatest experiences of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, children are beautiful. Yeah, they change, cool. they change you. They change you. It makes you good on the right foot. No matter no matter what you're doing, you're going to hop
3: on the right foot dealing with kids. They make you keep your guard up, that's for sure. Uh, 100%. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Tell me about your family life. My family life, I was very lucky to have incredible parents and to be raised um, in, I was born in Oklahoma for like nine months. We went to Dallas. To Philadelphia, I spent most of my life in Philadelphia before the age of fifteen, which mm. I consider my hometown. I learned to fight in Philly, learned to fight a little more in tough town, tough <laughs> town. <laughs> town Philly, Philly's a tough town, tough town. town. <laughs> Got a brawl out in Philly, exactly. <laughs> and then I moved out. To, we moved out to Malibu, as I mentioned earlier. And um, I saw surfing once in France when I was eleven years old on a trip with my parents. Always wanted to do this. Hold that on, sport. hold on.
0: What was that like going from Philly? to Malibu I had to be shock. culture
3: shock yeah, it's gotta be culture shock <laughs> hey dude <laughs> culture shock yeah hey, hey dude yeah. you know back east I was spend my yo time bro <laughs> <laughs> I, listen I lived the point break life you remember the movie point break yeah well, I didn't rob banks uh, uh, bank but I did everything in that movie yeah. I knew a lot of those Bodhi types the Patrick Swayze type right. tough guys things. It was a great the tough, lifestyle. the tough guy. But does I fight all the time. I know yeah, when you I'm got sure. there. What
0: did you think about surface when you first got there from Philly? You like service? The...
3: No, I, yeah. I, you know, I saw how tough they were. Really sometimes they die.
2: Mm. The boy goes down and come up, boy. It comes up so fast, it break your neck. What's that? Man. What's that, Mike? Like sometimes the boy. Goes in the one and comes up so quick. Shoots up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And shoots a boom right into my breaking breaking mm, jaw. There's Definitely a famous surfer who comes that up I knew. so quick.
3: Mm. There's a famous surfer I knew named Jerry Lopez years and years and years ago, the classic uh, king of pipeline, the, the famous break in Hawaii. And he knows that break better than anybody. He was surfing. He took a bad fall. The surfer went up his anus, right? And pierced. It. Had to you know, had to get the bag the whole bit. I mean surfing is oh, wow. it's a tough sport. Yeah, you know not, really, you gotta be that a board is shanker, dangerous. Yeah. Knock your yeah. cold, break your joint, you boom, knock your cold. Oh yeah. yeah. I cracked a rib with my surfboard yeah. the whole bit. But getting back to uh, Malibu is like, you know, I get there, I'm used to Atlantic City. Yeah. Which you know, all great. Dirties though. You can't it's, not, it's <laughs> not Malibu. You'll get, you'll get your disease, you'll get
2: your disease, your foot starts turning a cup of oh, yeah. purple. <laughs> But yeah. as
3: a 15-year-old kid, I'm at the beach, and there's all these blonde girls running out of the water. I'm yeah. like, this is not like Atlantic City. That this like is Atlanta really City? great. I'm, yeah. I'm in Nirvana right now. And
0: they're friendly. And they're friendly, friendly. yeah. <laughs> that blew me away. Thought no,
3: they're not friendly back east. Let's not say that. No, no, not, not like that No like like way. This. It's <laughs>
0: night and day. I'm an east coast guy, too, but listen, no way. No, okay, I'll leave that one up to you, sir. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know in New York, you have to say, excuse me, what is your name? I would say, hey, I'm Jan. Yeah, they
3: tell you Like It's so cool, yeah. I go to school USC. Yeah. Well, I got into the surfing, and of course, doing school, and um, I had to go to Santa Monica to go to school, and I would surf every day. And then as Steve McQueen, when he li- where he lived, they had the best surfing spot in Malibu during three months. Of Steve McQueen had tanking. some cool cars. Huh? Oh my gosh, the car, mm-hmm. his garage, it would knock you yeah, out. No, he had so cool his car. son Chad still has a bunch of his he cars. He's Known to have
2: cool cars.
3: Total Motorhead, you know, just
2: love. What's it? I bought one of his cars. Um... Oh, the Mustang. I believe it was the entertainer, the Elton, not Elton John. And he used to be right. He's lived right next door to me. Oh, Wayne, Wayne Newton. Newton, yeah.
3: Oh, Wayne Newton. He had one of his cars. Yes, he had.
2: He had Marvin Gaye's cars. He had tons of cars mm. over there. Wow. People cars he bought for there. Yeah. yeah,
0: he had an airplane in, in the crib. Yeah, right? he had
2: an airplane on his property. Oh, he had an
0: airplane on the property in the Wayne house. Newton. Listen,
2: yeah. he had all the property. Um, where the he had all the property, like five hundred. He had so much property. I, I, he, um, I lived on the property. It was just so much. He was just a maverick of the plane investment. was the prop.
0: It wasn't like he didn't use it; he just stayed there, he just, just stayed there for him, like a statue, a real plane. Yeah. Just, I was like, oh that's, Well, actually, that that's reminds sick. me. Like,
3: um, Steve, in the last like five years of his life, he was had a fear of heights. So his way to overcome it was he started flying planes. Mm. But he would fly the double-wing open cockpit planes, right? Mm. And I remember we were surfing one day in front of his house, and he came down, and he did a whole loop to loop in the air above us. Well, but with no top? Yeah, no top. You know, open cockpit. <sighs> uh, I think one was called a pit cairn, which was a nail <laughs> oh, plane. Man. Stuff. But he had a big hangar up in Santa Paula, which was about a half hour north of where we lived in Malibu. And I would go up to visit him and he had all his big collector, he had all his toys, he had tons of cars there, and he had his two planes there. And he just loved his you know, the lifestyle of just flying and being on his ranch with all his animals and his wife Barbara at the time and just a really downer. Have animal. him
2: for the great plane drive- riders, as well. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: I didn't go up in those planes with him. Though. No, I didn't mm-hmm. do this though. No. Little 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 crazy. I got a little fear of heights myself. I'll take it yeah. off in a big way, but I got a little fear of heights of myself.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of that. I don't
3: so Malibu was a great style. I got into the whole uh, Baywatch routine, you know, the lifeguarding. and You know, I just, I, I, you I meet great. like Frankie Avalon. You meet Malibu, great right? people. <laughs> you, know, you meet great people as well. Yeah, yeah beach, great so. people. Yeah. But it's a tough culture, and surfers fight a lot. Very territorial. Yeah? Yeah, very territorial. Wow. But can they fight? There were some tough guys. Yeah? And there's ones that couldn't fight, but they just wanted to fight, and they got the snot kicked out of them by the right guy.
0: It's kind of tough to have a fight in the water with a surfer. You get knocked out. you in the water. You're going to drown. Like That's a double, well double we went out, be a you are not going to go, man. get land. in the
3: water or, or words get exchanged. But you know that when you get out on that beach, things are going to happen. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Getting ground yeah, pounded on the sand is a little different than the octagon.
0: <laughs> and sound don't, that saying sound, that sound don't give.
3: <laughs> and a lot of surfers at the time were very much like myself, very much into martial arts. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's what it is. We all it have a what world. it is.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
3: Oh, is that a water bag? Like, oh, man, I love this bag. Hey, Bruce, I beat the hell out of this aqua bag, man. It's going <laughs> right through it. And it doesn't hurt my hand. these That's why I love these bags. I love these bags, too, because, um, again, the whole water fill thing, I love the effect. I feel like I'm hitting somebody for real. Exactly. You have a broken hand to hit this bag. That's perfect. And for me, with my shoulders, it's the perfect bag for me to work on. I agree 100%. With. Yeah. Totally.
2: I'm going to keep one in all my gym. I'm going to put one in my house. My kids are going to hit it. This is going to be my life now, Aqua Bag. The
0: greatest bag for everybody, Aqua Bag. Water is beautiful, better than leather.
3: That's right. There you go. Water is better than leather. What did Bruce Lee say? Be like water. Be like like water. water. Form, form, baby. Mm. So, Mike, one of the things on my list that I've wanted to do for a long time, um, and I finally met the perfect partners for it, and I know you don't drink, right? But I came out with my own spirit, and Mm. I'm a big bourbon fan. Mm-hmm. But I created this with you in mind because of the title. And it's called Puncher's Chance. Oh, wow. Puncher's Chance Bourbon. It's and we just came out with this chance. last year. It's selling faster than we can make it. Yes. It's a big hit. We got a 95% taste rating from the board, one of the highest uh, taste ratings. Well, I have friends my that market. do drink. You do? Yes. Well, then this is for you, Mike. Right. So this was made for you. In In essence, again, the spirit we had is... Puncher's chance, mm-hmm. Puncher's chance. I've been an underdog my entire life, and everything I've done. Even mm-hmm. when I sold the companies and took over Michael, and everybody was telling me, "Like, really, you're going to do that?" I said, "Yeah, I'm going to make this happen." Mm-hmm. So, Puncher's chance, right? One punch can change the whole life. Hundred percent. Check it out. 100%. One. Punch. Admonitions we write on the back and the whole bit. One punch. One punch. Zab, I didn't know where you were going to be here. I, I brought one hat.
0: Oh, dope hat. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. Do you yeah. wear
3: hats, Mike? Not really.
2: No, you a shot? Yeah, we're a hatchet. Thank, yeah. Thank you. Punches chance everybody.
3: Punches, chance. You're leave that oh, here. That's for you, Mike. I'm really proud about that. So that's it. So there you go. You're um, nice. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> so this is
0: gonna you know in bars, this is gonna be cool, right? Like give me a shot of Punches Chance and you're next.
1: That's it. So I <laughs> wait, I don't want to cause any problems now. <laughs> I don't want any
2: liabilities.
3: <laughs> no, but that's the <laughs> good thing. That's gonna be that's a gonna good be kind guy thing. Cool. to the press, I gotta punch his chin. That's right. There you I go. Punch there you chance. go. Shout but at this, and I'm good. I can't say enough about it. You know, working on different things and uh, like it, it's fun. It's like a, uh, the video games I made and the toys I made with Michael and. Uh, we have other products coming out. I've got uh, my own cologne and toiletry line coming out mm. and an energy product line. So you know how it is, Mike. You know, you got your IP, you got your brands. Zab, you understand, too. You know, it's, you a it <laughs> yes. it it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's not easy
2: people think it is. No, it's not. If you got to sell the company. Yeah. Mm. If, if you got to build it up to sell it. You got to build it up and you mm. got to make 100%. it work. You got to watch over it.
0: These are problems that I'm I'm looking forward to right now.
2: Good. There's good problems to have. Yeah, I'm building my company, Great problems, them up. but you're going to have challenges. There's great
0: problems, challenges. Cool, hey, cool
3: challenges. Life is all about challenges. Yes. Hey, listen, guys, coming to? from
0: Brownsville and Philly, I think that
3: we, uh, we, we happy to have these kind of challenges. Of course, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. No joke, no joke. Similarities in life, but all of our all of our That's what Mil- Milton Burrow told me that, God
2: bless his soul. In 1990, I guess I lost my fight to Buster. I said, what What I said? I said something like, oh, man, I really failed. He said, no, you didn't fail. You just made $30 million. You fail when you got to go back to Browns or you can't get back. That's right. That's when you That's fail. Right. I said, whoa. That's right.
3: That's right. One thing I always remember about you, Mike, is that cover you had on Sports Illustrated, you know, when that first story I read yeah. about you, I'll never forget that. I thought, this is the baddest mofo I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know? I just glued to every one of your fights. Thank and you, I had man, the pleasure of watching you fight live, too, you mm-hmm. know, and on more than one occasion. It's Thank just you. memories that... Those days of boxing, I don't think yes. they so were created. You, so
0: were you one of those that Mike trained to get your popcorn and drinks and stuff and sit down before the bell rings? Back in the day, if you used to go to... They'd come in on the main event, come in no. on the third round, second round. That's not me. Are you, oh, so you was there when the I'm bell rang? Ding! First fight. That's dope. Yeah, I'm there That's from dope. the first. I'm
3: there to watch a night of fights. Okay. I mean, you're either a boxing fan or you're not. That's one thing in Vegas. It's funny, you know, when the big fights happen, like you said, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the co-main or the main comes around, suddenly it's, right, like, right. it's all full. Right. It's, it's like, cool. wait a minute, you just missed. Man, it's also, you get a quick knock. think you know, you're back in the room with your fans and talking crap. You hanging up with you back smoking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the UFC too, you know. Dana gives a, usually a fifty thousand dollar bonus to the fight of the night or the performance of the night. I can't tell you how many times it's been like the very first prelim at four in the afternoon. Mm. Right? I'm gonna go to a night I go to a night of fights, I'm going to a night of fights. Everyone. one. Uh, so yeah, the fight pre- of
0: the night might go to somebody that fought one o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. Wow. Exactly.
3: That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're there to prove themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think the minimum in the UFC more than any other MA organization is at a minimum you get ten thousand to show and ten thousand if you win. Well, if you get a $50,000 bonus on top of that, you guys remember when you were young fighters fighting for whatever you fought? Listen, no, no. I remember
2: when um, I
3: was fighting for
2: like, I think a hundred, was a hundred grand my first fight. And um, they were saying that he's too young to fight a main event because he's only 18 and he can't fight a main event. And I, was, I wasn't I mad, only I was mad at the press that I wasn't gonna get the money. Right. The twenty thousand. Mm. I wanted that money so bad. <laughs> was mm. it twenty thousand or a hundred thousand? dollars It was the hundred thousand. The hundred thousand dollars I wanted that so bad. I never had a hundred thousand dollars, you know, of legitimate money in my hands. So I thought, Oh my god, please, can I still keep the cash? And because of your age, so they, they made it go through. down to not the main event to like eight rounds
3: and then um I still got the hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I was just so Parent, please let me get the money, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd that feel when you finally got that? Did, did you hold the cash in your hands or just put it in an account? No,
2: I was just in an account. But I just new. I could buy some goodies. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I could buy
3: some goodies. It's amazing because a hundred thousand back then. so that was like a million dollars. That's probably what I did. It was like a
0: million dollars. Or like a half of me. It was big money. You got a hundred grand. Let's put
3: it that way. It's a lot. Yeah,
0: you got a hundred grand. You was rolling. You know, that was.
3: Yeah, but you yeah. go to the UFC, I see you when you Yeah, oh, there. I love
0: the UFC. And you get
3: there early, you watch Yeah, the I be
0: there watching all the fights. No, but I was saying that because my Tyson trained fighters, I mean, fans on how to watch fights. Those had Some quick
2: knockouts.
0: Quick knockouts. Yeah. So you wasn't there early, you missed it. You'd be at the popcorn stand like, what is over. People walking out, you're like, what, yep. I missed it.
3: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be over, so yeah. Yeah, it's like watching George Foreman, you know, when he won the heavyweight championship back, and he was family, getting you you know, beat up the whole time. Right. Here. Michael, Michael Moore. Moore, Michael Moore. Yeah, my parents were at that poop, fight, poop. and One they kill. never leave a fight early. And for some reason, they had left. And when they got to their window outside, they're hearing, "He so won! He yeah. won!" It's like, oh, never leave another fight again, ever. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: George got big heart, big heart. I love watching George heart. Farmers yeah. come back all those years. It's yes, a person heart. come back make <laughs> a yeah. man. Oh, incredible. It's... incredible,
3: incredible. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Is there any uh, UFC fights that you looking looking forward to or
2: interested in? 2019?
0: John Jones,
3: Master. John, yeah, John Jones coming back as heavyweight. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna have a good
2: fight with if that it's, guy. Be um, gentleman from Ohio. He's tough guy Oh, Stipe? Tough. Well, you John?
3: got you got Stipe, Miocic and Francis Ngannou fighting not this weekend but next weekend on the twenty fourth. He beat Francis before. He beat so. Francis before, but. In the octagon as well as the squared squared ring, you never know. Anybody can win on any. Game. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And in heavyweights, as you know better than anybody, Mike, one, one punch, punch, one kick, his <laughs> a puncher's right. chance. Especially the way Francis punch. Yeah, but yeah. Stipe is proving himself probably to be the greatest heavyweight UFC fighter ever. He was you great know, with, with his that. record. Mm. Francis is a beast. I can't wait to announce that fight. And then John Jones, as I understand it from Dana, what I've read in the press, because um, I'm as privy to the news as you are when I read it. Uh, is that he gets the winner of that fight.
0: Oh, John Jones is one of my favorites.
3: He's one of my favorites, too. How do you feel watching him fight? Because D.C. Cormier mentioned about his knockout power at heavyweight, which Mm -hmm. could be questioned, coming up from light heavyweight. We just watched Israel Adesanya, who's an incredible fighter, go from middleweight to light heavyweight Mm -hmm. against Jan uh, Blachowicz just the other week. Fought the five rounds, got through it. Uh, but is the power there to knock out the light heavies? Knowing John Jones, how do you feel his power is going to be facing down a Ghana or Steve Listen, now we, you're talking about a specialist. He's
2: not much of a striker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a specialist. Right. He's more, matter of fact, he's more like a kung fu fighter mm-hmm. than anything. Mixed he's, martial arts yeah. because totally. yeah, he flies through the air and he yeah. does his <laughs> elbow moves. Right. And um, he's very sophisticated in fighting as well when he's got his mind right. Like his last fight, he was just surviving that guy. But when his mind is right and he's not fooling around, he's he's capable of beating anybody. I'm not the, I'm not from the book that a big, a good big man could beat a good small man. Too much time, so many times in history, and so many different of books you saw the, the great little man supreme to the great big man.
3: Think about mm-hmm. Billy Conn. Remember Absolutely. Billy Absolutely, yeah, yeah, all the way back then. Yeah. Yeah. John Jones is one of the greatest of all times. A master of disaster at what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he throws those oblique kicks, you know those oblique mm-hmm. kicks he's throwing on the shin. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mike, mm-hmm. the shin. You know, over here. I mean, you guys ever been kicked? In the but he's he no, gonna be kicking no, a big I man like on that. the shin. Kicking a big man, doing all that—the calf kicks, the whole bit. I mean, John's probably—he's gonna be moving. He's gonna be moving. He's gonna He's moving. be moving. You know, He's I like about John.
0: He creates his openings. Yeah. yeah. He comes in and just swing. and, and if, if, right. if it land, and he see you do something, that's it. He go crazy. And his ability
3: <laughs> to create distance, yeah. which you know is so important, yeah. right? Yeah. But those two guys are really... gonna disrespect the distance and just come right at him. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think he'll be fine.
0: I think he'll be, be fine,
3: nice. too. I'm, I, I'm not saying anything other than I think he's going to do a great job. I think he'll And be then he's going to come down to make the best man win that night. I'm with him. I'm
2: I with think him. until I see him be, get beaten, I believe he can beat anybody.
3: It seems that way, doesn't it?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But look at these young uh, fighters coming up. We have so many. And the, and the female fighters.
2: Mm. I mean, Chinese bring woman. It. There's two Chinese for the a girl and a guy that's kicking everybody's ass in their way. Mm. There's who now? Two eight Chinese fighters, a girl and a gentleman that's kicking everybody Welly Uh,
3: Wally Zhang. Yeah, what's the chick name? Yeah, she's gonna fight. That's her name, Wally Zhang, yeah, and she's, she's gonna fight bad uh, ooh, ooh, uh-huh. that's gonna be a fight. Ooh, that's ooh. gonna be a fight, most definitely. And you know, there's there's so many good fighters. I mean, the- Rosie just let me hug her. is <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Nice. We got Masvidal coming in. Is gonna fight Usman. Oh, that's a big good fight. That's a big deal fight.
0: What about Khabib? What could be for You know, the, the thing is, Khabib is working out,
3: getting in, yeah. stay in shape. But I think for Khabib, I believe we'll see him back in the octagon, mm. whether it's uh, the trilogy against um, Conor McGregor or whatever. But Khabib needs to be lifted. I mean, you know better than anybody an opponent that lifts you, that for your training, push yeah, pushes you to the next you level. To that next level. I think Khabib because he's made a lot of money for himself, you know, and he's, I'm sure he's comfortable, but I don't think it's about the money as much as him as for the challenge and having a, a, an opponent in front of him that's going to say, I want to do this six to eight weeks of training. I want to get my... You you fight him in his way, uh, a higher? Well, you know, there's Dustin Poirier's out there. I mean, Dustin Poirier is an example of a fighter who's always been, a, been an awesome fighter, but he, with a long career of fighting has become better than ever in the last two years, as proven with the way he took out Connor in his last fight, you know, with the calf kicks. I mean, his his fight plan for that fight was just perfect. He's a thinking man's fighter. Um, he'd be a grand opponent, but Habib's got to sit back and watch and see what happens. Are they going to make, uh, you know, the, the Poirier fight that just happened? Are they going to make it again? You know, is there going to be a trilogy there? Mm. The beauty of the UFC is, and the matchmakers and Dana and all they put together is they provide us with so much entertainment. You know, it's it's like every show, I think I've seen like a, the greatest fight. When I think I've seen the greatest fight, mm, right? And happens? Two weeks later, yeah. two months later, I'm looking at the greatest fight, I'm looking yeah. at the greatest show of the whole lineup. And people might say, oh, there's nobody on this card, whatever. You know, I love when people say that. Yeah, Because yeah. then all the fights are awesome. You shock them, yep. Yeah, they're yep. shocked. Yep. They're just so That's awesome. Yeah. They're coming out, they're proving themselves left and right. Mm-hmm. Every night I walk in the octagon for 25 years, my passion for what I do, I treat that like my very first night.
1: Mm-hmm. I have
3: to prove to myself, to Dana, the fans, the powers that be, and especially to the fighters that I deserve this job. Mm-hmm. You know? And that keeps my passion flowing. I'm going to go out there Saturday night coming up. Going to give it my all. Pay-per-view next week and Gano, Stipe. Going to give it my all. You'll never hear me talk about last week. I'm mm-hmm. always looking to the future because we're only as good as we are today. As the- That's just my attitude. Well, I want to take you back right quick. Tell me about the elevator. the fight in the elevator oh man tell us about that well what happened was um and frank and i are friends frank trig and i was on his podcast after that happened and we both laid it out you can look on the internet we can hear it out of frank's voice my voice whatever but what basically what happened is we had a fight that night a, a fight night of ufc fights and we were at the hard rock hotel okay so we're at the Hard Rock. It's after the fights, and I decide to go to Mike Goldberg's room, and there's Frank Trigg, and we all had a drink together. And we said we're going to go out to dinner. I'm going to go out to a club later have some fun. So we're on the 10th floor of the Hard Rock Hotel. We walk to the elevator, and when the elevator opens, there's Dana White mm-hmm. and, Mike, and uh, his security guy, Tom. So we're walking in. The doors have not even closed. Frank immediately, who was saying to Dana, you know, when are you gonna put me in another fight? And so many words, and they were just exchanging a few things. And I'm a watch freak, okay? And mm-hmm. Dana had this really cool watch on, this watch band. And so here's the elevator. We walk in, I'm at the door. Frank is over here, Dana's over here. And I turn to Dana, Dana, what a watch. And I'm I'm sorry if I interrupted the brief moment they were having, mm-hmm. You know, him asking for a job or whatever the case might be, because I don't mean to do that. But when I did that, I got a ridge hand. He's over here. I'm facing here, and I get a ridge hand in my throat. And I turn around. I'm like, Frank, you hit me. Why the f did you hit me? And he said the wrong thing to me. He said, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" Mm. Like, oh, no, 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 no. So I just, I just reacted. I just went boom, boom. You know, and then it was mm. on. And now the doors close, mm. and and uh, we're just throwing at each other for ten floors. I mean, what is that? Maybe we get back to the minute long fight. What is that? Maybe so. 20, wait, the elevator seconds. started moving. The elevator. Doors closed as that happened. Yeah. Now we're starting to go down the ten floors.
0: Yeah, some big guys and then boom, boom, boom. It wasn't... I like
3: small areas Zab. Right. <laughs> so give me an elevator fight. No, I'm just kidding. So Dana's up against the wall like this, and security guys here, and Goldberg's here, and and all I was doing was going at it with Frank, and it's like we're going down and. And then it just bam, bam, bam. And then he need me and one of my friends, and I felt that. And then I I shoulder turned him and pushed against the elevator, and he came back. And then I feel the doors opening behind me, right? Now, if you remember the Hard Rock Hotel, or you know the Hard Rock Hotel, Mm. on that bottom floor, they have all the memorabilia encased in glass. Mm. The way we were going at it, we would have spilled out of the elevator and, God forbid, into the glass or something. And And it would have been a scene, a scene that I don't want to be part of, right? So I just threw my arms in the air. I said, "We're done. We're done. We're done." And then it was over, and you know the adrenaline's flowing, and we're laughing. Dana's so he's got it automatically stopped too. We he stopped. Is. Yeah, we stopped it, Right. Okay. And um, Dana's laughing. We're laughing. Adrenaline's flowing, and then I got blood up and down my shirt. And my, I look at my thumb, and I can see the bone in my thumb. My, you know, skin's peeled back. Must have hit his belt buckle or his watch, or you know how mm. things happen. Yeah. So I'm bleeding. Dana's smiling. I'm smiling. Frank's smiling. We're you know, hugging each other like bros, like, okay, we had a tete-a-tete, a a friendly Mm -hmm. tete-a-tete, right? Mm -hmm. It happens. I'm used to that when I was younger. You have a -a tete-a-tete and you have a beer, okay? So I had to go to the the, uh, first aid station. (laughs) I said, can you super glue it? They said, no, we can't, you gotta go to the hospital, right? Mm. So I go to the the emergency room. It's empty, I walk in, I'm sitting in the room waiting for the doctor to come in, and I'm hearing my voice in the next room announcing the fights because they're watching the repeat. And the doctor walks in, he's like this, the heck are you doing here, right? So, I got like seven stitches, tetanus shot, $500, you know, whatever. Went out, had a good time afterwards. Hey, you know what, guys? It was a fun night. I announced the UFC. I had a fun tete a tete in elevator in front of my boss. He knows he doesn't have a wimp announcing his fighters. Went out, had some fun. I felt like I was 28 years old. I'll do it tomorrow night. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was one of those things. And, and, uh, Dana, what happened was I didn't tell anybody because I come from the school that those that talk don't do and those that do don't talk, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell my mom, tell my parents, tell a couple friends, whatever. Um, but then two days later, this fighter named Mikey Burnett, an old style MMA Oklahoma fighter, comes up to me and goes, Hey, Buff, I hear you took it to Trig, mm-hmm. right? I go, Mikey, I haven't, wh- who told you? Dana's telling everybody. Can't hold water. Can't hold it. Huh? Can't hold it. He's like ah. Yeah. So that was that. You know, there's so many stories. You guys have a ton of stories in the Naked City in your careers, and I could tell you so many stories. You yeah, brawls at after parties. I was in a street fight with Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz in London. The, the famous wait. Boy, oh, the, 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 the Two of them got into a fight? No, no, no. It's, a, it's the famous story. Um, it, it's kind of an urban legend type story, but it's always been told. Uh, where, there was a guy named um, Lee Murray, who was an English, some people called him a gangster or whatever, but he fought in the UFC uh, just like Tommy Hearns. Just looked like Tommy Hearns, sinewed steel. You remember Tommy's body, right? Yeah. Just could fight, long arms, you know. You really need to practice your distance with a guy like that. So, I don't know what happened, but we were walking out, and uh, I was with um, Tito and Chuck. We were all inside having a good time, uh, partying. The Petitas were there, the whole bit. But anyway, we walk out, and Pat Milicic, somebody was on Pat's back and um, kind of like playing with him, choking him. But I guess somebody took it the wrong way. It was a friend of Tito's that was on his back doing that. Somebody took it the wrong way, came up, cold cocked him. He went down. A taxi cab ran over his arm, and all hell started to break loose. So everybody starts – the things are happening. Tito goes this way. Lee Murray goes that way. What I understand is they went at it, and Lee Murray knocked Tito down. Um, But when you're in a street fight and you have a choice with – and Chuck Liddell was there. I don't care who else is there. You follow Chuck Liddell. Mm, (laughs) So Mm. I followed Chuck Liddell, and I I took care of his back, made sure nobody got on his back. And it was like watching – a movie, I mean, Chuck's just throwing punches and people are just dropping. He's like, bam, bam, hammer fist down, boom, 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 just walking through the crowd, right? It was just one of those nights, you know? Things happen. If oh. yes, they do. Well, yeah. you're hanging out with
2: ultimate fighters,
3: yeah. but, shit you know, happens. The martial arts code, the boxing code, blood and honor, right? Respect, as we're taught as martial artists. The UFC fighters that I've met, as well as the boxers, it's amazing when you realize how awesome professional fighters can be mm-hmm. as human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it; it is the loneliest sport in the world. When that ref says go, when that octagon gate uh, gate closes, when as you're in long the ring, before you even get in the ring, yeah. The, yeah. you the train with your final time. Yeah, that no, fight starts. It's fight. you and him. Like when I announce, when I announce the fighters, I never take my eyes off them. and. I don't stand center with all respect to other announcers. I have to move. I've got to- but That looks that's,
2: that's more flamboyant. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but I'll get in their space, you know, I'll get over and, and guys like Chuck or Mirko Krokop is like, they can just pop, get out of my space, you know? But it's like, there's a mutual respect there. And I want to take, when I'm announcing a fighter, God, I wish I could announce you guys in your prime. I would mm-hmm, love to have that mm-hmm, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to take you what I can, give you everything I have to take you to that next level. You're already enhanced to where you are. But I have to try and take you to that, that next level. Mm. And it's just such a, a moment because I'm looking into the eye of the tiger. I'm looking into your eyes. And I've seen fear in fighters' eyes. I won't mention the names. Mm. But I've, I, that octagon gate is closed, and you can tell that that eight weeks of training is maybe they're forgetting it right there. Mm. You know, that fear factor, even though a professional especially when they're at their very first fight in the octagon. Mm. When I've like whipped to the side, to the blue corner, I, mm. I've seen a couple of fighters go, Whoop, <laughs> <and then. laughs> But it's not okay, thinking in your head like are you
0: really ready like <laughs> oh, <they're> ready. <laughs> I,
3: I can't say enough about the uh ufc octagon warriors as mm-hmm. well as the boxing warriors my the respect really. factor is just through the roof that's, dope, that's dope. totally
0: would you ever do a podcast
3: i i have my own podcast. you still do uh, the, uh, the it's time podcast It's time <clears throat> i've actually had it for uh almost 13 years i'd love if anybody wants to tune in just look up bruce buffer it's time podcast i have Actors, fighters. It's a lifestyles podcast. Yeah. You know, we talk collecting. We talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. Mike, love to have you on the show. Zabba I would love to be on the show. show too. Yeah, Definitely. we're going to do that. But please, if I mean, if, check it out, guys. I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy it. If you're UFC fans, you'll really enjoy it. Okay.
2: Thank you, love you so UFC. much. I love UFC.
3: love
0: UFC. you
2: too, Mike.
3: UFC.
0: Well, yo, before we get ready to go, uh oh, I mean, we're going. You your
2: biggest opportunity?
0: It's your chance. And your words put it together, introduce. Your perfect night of introducing my. Like, oh, me. shit. Let's oh, do shit. it, baby. Okay, let's hear it.
2: <sighs> Holy shit. Brownsville?
1: Brownsville, Brooklyn. And now, <laughs> this is truly the moment we've all been waiting for. Time, it's man. time. Producing, fighting out of Brownsville, New York, USA. Presenting the heavyweight undisputed champion of the world, Iron Mike oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get no <laughs> This is what happened, uh, you
0: guys. I'll announce it main event, <laughs> <laughs> three pounds of water. <laughs> <for you. laughs> oh phenomenal, man. That was, <laughs> that was it. That was, I feel uh, I could have done it better, but you like it. No, that was super cool. <laughs> oh, oh, man, wow, man.
1: bucket list fulfilled. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, who is that
3: next, man? <laughs> oh man. Well, 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 we know who's gonna introduce you, Mike. You fight again. There's only one person who no. needs to introduce you. And that's the great legendary Michael Buffer. Oh, yeah, that's the man. He knows
2: what to say.
3: That's he it. He knows what
0: to say. You know, yeah. when Mike introduced you, that's it. He knows and what MD, to say. You made it.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: yeah. He, he legitimizes the event yeah. and he makes it happen. Yeah. And he, listen, when
2: back in the 80s, he was, he was like you know, fucking, uh, a model
3: back in the 80s, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. just
2: yeah. can't walk in the broadwalk. He's just a cool dude.
3: He's a Broadway with a you know what I just did for Mike, um, I do for a lot of fans, is that I started a few years ago during Christmas, I put a special thing out to do an audio or videos where I introduce UFC fans like champions in the cage. Mm-hmm. And I was only going to do it for a couple of weeks, but we got so many orders and I haven't changed the prices. It's not like I'm trying to sell it right now, but it, it makes my partner, Kristen, and I so happy because we get these thank you notes mm-hmm. and they bring tears to our eyes. You know, it's, yeah. I like paying it forward. I like doing things and making people happy. And you know, I, I do this through my site at com, And I, I do cameos. You do, you're doing cameos, right? Yeah, we do that when people, you,
2: um, people say, Hey, announce my name? You ever do those? That's Maybe. what they do. They'll yeah. write me in the office,
3: uh, our office, or through my website, and, and I'll announce their name. I, I, birthdays, birthdays, yeah. birth of babies, coming out now, <laughs> <laughs> weddings, walking down the aisle of love forever. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, bar Mitzvahs, people have even ripped me. I mean, announced Jesus Christ. You know, churches have had me, like, you know, do the Sunday announcement for the yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. That is yeah. crazy. One time, Michael even got a deal for Michael. He had to announce the devil and... God, right? I did that. Announcement. Michael did that. How, how
2: did that work out? It
3: worked out great. They <laughs> loved it. They played it in the church, the whole congregation. What? Lucifer. <laughs> yeah,
2: Lucifer. And my brother. This, <laughs> in this corner, the, the lily white Jesus
3: oh, Christ. I've had guys write me or, or cameo orders come yeah. in and they'll, and they'll say, I need you to do my eulogy. You're not even dead yet. Oh, wow. They want to have like a pre-recorded thing for when, God forbid, that day comes. That's a little weird. That's an ego. Yeah.
2: You know, the biggest ego want to be at his funeral. See who came. Mm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's fun. It's just uh, I I come from the school around me. I have a three foot theory. I like everybody around me to be healthy, prosperous and happy. I think about that before myself and it all comes back. You Mm. know, when I'm in business or with a friend, it's just an unselfish attitude. Just it works for me, guys.
0: Mm.
3: The The way I like to roll.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Huh? roll you shall. And roll right. I do.
2: As best mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. So we to Later- do that. We to grab a bite to eat or something. Yeah.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's Hot Boxing here with your boy Zab Judah. Mike Tyson.
3: And I'm so happy to be here. I'm Bruce Buffer. Thank audacious
2: you. Bruce. Uh,
0: yes, uh,
3: thank audacious. <laughs>